you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 25 this morning. Again, we started last year. I missed the first Sunday with COVID, and thank God I'm over that. And uh, glad to see my wife back this morning. And, uh, and some of you that's had it back, uh, we're going to recover from this thing sooner or later. Amen? Thank the Lord. We might start a COVID fellowship. Amen? That's what I told the Tri-State Preachers Fellowship. I said, just invite all of us that's had it. We'll have a good time together. Amen? And because half the fellowships had it. Pray for Mike McDaniel. He's a good friend of mine up in Currytown. Uh, he and his whole staff have the uh, virus. And uh, I was wondering why he wasn't returning my phone calls. Now I know. Uh, you find out all, all you want to know about a person on Facebook. Amen. Or Twitter or Twitter or whatever that is. Amen. I'm boycotting that one. All right. Matthew chapter 25. Uh, we're going to continue where we left off last week. And you know the parable of the investor called the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's coming back as an investor. Uh, one of you had a financial investor, and he didn't make you any money for 50 years. Uh, you'd be a little disappointed in him. Well, God's invested in you and blessed you to be a blessing. He didn't bless you to be happy. He blessed you to be holy, and thus you'll be happy. Amen? And it all starts at conception. It all starts as a baby is born, God has a plan for your life. So Matthew chapter 25, it's a parable. What's a parable? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning and uh, puts it down on our level so we can understand it. And that's what I need. I don't know about you. I, I want to I get the uh, shelf where I can reach it. And so the parables make it real plain and real simple about what life's all about. So let's stay in all the word of God. We'll start with verse 14 again. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling to a far country, that represents God, who called his own servants, that's us, and delivered unto them his goods. That's every blessing you have. It's his goods, not yours. And unto one he gave five talents to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several abilities. And straightway he took his journey. And then he went and received five talents, went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Praise God. And likewise, he also had received two. He gained other two. But he that received one, I'm going to preach on him today, went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Not your money, it's God's money. And it says, and after a long time, the Lord uh, of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. There is a judgment seat of Christ for Christians and the great white throne judgment for lost people. And his Lord said to him, here's our theme for this year, well done. Let's go back to verse 20. And so he had received five talents, came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And his Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many um, things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest thou me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then, here's what I'm going to preach on this morning. He which had received one talent, one life, 
came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou were a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And that's a misconception. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent, thy talent, he had that straight, in the earth. Lo, there hast, that is mine. And the Lord answered and said unto them, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming, at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from, from him, and give it unto him which had ten talents. And every one that hath shall be given, and he shall hath abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant, to outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We'll stop right there. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, use this message. God, help us to appreciate what you've given us. And that's everything. Thank you for life. Thank you for the next breath. Thank you for the next thought. Uh, thank you, Lord, for creating uh, a wonderful opportunity, a vessel of honor for your glory called human life. May we not take it for granted. and May we protect it. and May we invest it and not be selfish with your life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You know, our theme this year is old to hear what uh, well done in 2021. It took a long time for me to rhyme that, so I hope you appreciate it. No. And uh, the other, you know, the other way to we uh, sometimes think about life is one word: faithfulness. Faithfulness. You might not be singing like Brother Randy, but you can be faithful. You might not be called to preach, but you can be faithful. Faithfulness is an attribute that God expects, and not just faithful to hold the ground and hold the fort, like a lot of Christians in this survival mode that we have in these last year, which has been just, let's get by and let's try to hold the fort. Folks, we need to take new ground. We need to invest our lives and we need to have a year of progression and uh, we need to be aggressive and we need to be enthusiastic. We need to be motivated to use what God has given us every day, every opportunity, and every breath for God's glory and invest it. He's coming back as a divine investor. He's planning to use some one, some five, some ten, some two, but maybe just one, one talent. But I'll tell you what, he's given you one life, and so soon it will pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. I wish we'd realize that. And folks, I want to tell you something. It all starts with a proper view of life. Life is to be an endowment. Life is a trust. Life is too precious to spend. It must be invested. And folks, God only gives you one life. And so soon, you'll be out of here. So soon, the rapture is going to take place. How many believe the Lord could come back this year? Say amen. And folks, I hope you hear well done because that's what you'll hear if you've been faithful. Uh, today uh, marks Sanctity of Life Sunday. 52 years ago, 
June 1969. That was the year I was graduated from high school. My word, that's 52 years since I graduated from high school. I am old and over the hill. Just It just dawned on me when I said that. That's the year I graduated. Yeah, 21 years old, Norma McCormie, McCorvey, M-C-C-O-R-V-E-Y, discovered she was pregnant with her third child. Her friends advised her to falsely claim that she'd been raped, incorrectly believing that Texas law allowed abortion in case of rape and incest, which was actually wrong. She found out the only abortion that the Texas law allowed was for the purpose of saving the life of the mother. She attempted to obtain an illegal abortion, but found out that the unauthorized facility had been closed down by the police. Eventually, she was referred to attorney Linda Coffey and Sarah Willington. McCormie would end up giving birth before the case was ever decided. The child was put up for adoption in 1970. So Coffey and Wellington filed suit in the United States District Court of Northern District of Texas on behalf of McCormie. And under the alias of Jane Rowe, um, the defendant in the case was uh, Dallas County District Attorney Henry Wade, who represented the state of Texas. McCormick was no longer claiming her pregnancy was results of a rape. Later, she acknowledged that she had lied about having been raped and hoped to circumvent a Texas law that banned abortion except when the woman's life is in danger. Rape is not mentioned in judicial opinions in that case. And on June 17, 1970, a three-judge panel of district court consisting of Northern District of Texas uh, Justice Sarah Hughes and Fifth Court of Appeals, United States of Appeals, uh, declared that Texas law was unconstitutional, finding that it violated the right to privacy found in the Ninth Amendment. And folks, it took about three more years, but went all the way to Supreme Court, Roe versus Wade. And we have allowed over 60 million babies to be killed in the womb since, the, since that law was passed. And folks, I, I, it grieves me that um, a lot of voters in Georgia and around the United States of America don't believe that life is precious. That life begins at conception. They believe that life in the womb is just a bunch of like fish eggs, protoplasm, some kind of glob that's not developed. I'm going to prove you wrong from the scripture. First of all, I want to say that life is a sacred gift, and it's a trust. It's a sacred trust from God. Matthew chapter 25 in our text, the Bible says he was a divine investor that traveled to a far country. That's a picture of Jesus ascending. And after a long time, he came back, and he reckons with them about what they've done with life but here's the statement he said. He said, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Five, two, and one. And folks, he said, it's my goods. It's my life. Folks, God has entrusted you with the next breath. Can somebody say amen? 
God's trusted you with the next heartbeat. And some of you that's had COVID, you thank God that you can breathe this morning. Pneumonia is what kills you. And folks, I want to tell you something, friend. If God spared you from that disease, you ought to praise God for every breath. But if God spared you from your mother's womb, you ought to praise God for every heartbeat. Can somebody say amen? Thank God that your mama let you live. You ought to call her blessed. Only one life. Then we see in verse 24 through the end of the, the text, there was one guy that said, hey, I, it's my life, and it's my talent, and it's my breath, and it's my heartbeat, and it's my body, and it's my life, and I'll keep it to myself. And this parable makes it very clear that the Lord was wroth, and there was a reckoning with that guy because he missed the whole philosophy of life. He missed the whole purpose of life. He missed the whole trust of life. God did not give you a life for yourself. God gave you a life for his glory. And folks, that life begins at conception. I want to read a verse, and I meant to read it, the first of the, of the message, Romans eleven thirty two. 32. It summarizes life. Romans eleven thirty two, and we ought to read verses 12, 1 and 2 before we leave there. Romans chapter 11, and look at verse 36, excuse me, not 32, 36. I had a hard time getting this verse down. It says in Romans eleven thirty. you got your Bibles, amen, it'll keep you awake if you'll turn in your Bibles, mark them, praise God, um, take notes, breathe, praise the Lord. Amen. Look at verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. And I like this good old biblical word, amen. Folks, it's all things are of him. You are not your own creator. You're not a self-made man. You cannot pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. If you believe God's word, you're of him. And then not only that, you're through him. And not only that, you're to him. And the Bible gives us in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 15, I don't have time to go there, three reasons why you ought to give your life to God. Number one, he created you. Number two, he sustains you. And number three, he saved you. And if he hadn't saved you, you need to get saved today because that's the reason you're alive, buddy, is to get saved. It's the will of God. I can say that unequivocally. It's the will of God for you to be saved. And it's not only the will of God for you to be saved, it's the will of God for you to be sanctified and count your life as sacred. The word sanctity comes from the Latin word sacris, which means sacred. Your life is sacred. Your life has a spiritual value. Amen? Your life should count for God's glory. Can somebody say amen? 
And folks, life begins at conception. Turn to Isaiah chapter 49 for some proof text. Now, I got plenty of time. I can preach on this tonight. I told the missionary I could not, uh, I, had to, I had to be in a pulpit tonight. He understood. Isaiah chapter 49, please. Turn there. This is exciting verses. Isaiah 49. Uh, ushers, would y'all please clear the hallway out and tell them to come in here? Or there won't be no wedding. Okay? Look at Isaiah chapter 49. And I want you to look at verse 1 through 5. The Bible says this, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people, from far. The Lord has called me from the womb. Would you underline that word, please? Womb. God's called you from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. Isn't that wonderful? Isaiah is saying, God's called me from the womb. Look at this, verse 2. And it says, and he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me. And he's made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. In his quiver he hath hid me. He said, I'm a polished shaft. I'm supposed to be sharp. Amen. You're supposed to be, <laughs> he's supposed to be sharp. Not dull. Some of y'all so dull. Praise God. Smile once in a while. Rejoice once in a while. I wouldn't care if you shouted once in a while. I'm not trying to pump up anything. Now, some of y'all wouldn't shout if you dropped a hammer on your foot. But thank God you ought to be enthusiastic about being here. You ought to be enthusiastic about being alive. Come on, amen. You never appreciate life until you almost lose it. Can somebody say amen? How many has been in a car accident and uh, the rest of the day was a little brighter? Because you didn't worry about the little things anymore because God spared your life because of that lady driver. No, I'm only kidding. Come on, some of y'all had not smiled. Yeah, I'll get you smiling. If, or, or, well, just go ahead and pout. I don't care. Thank God for life. Thank God for breath. Thank God for a heart that pumps one more heartbeat for God. I say that you uh, pump uh, blood in vessels equal to 200 miles. Amen? Some of y'all pumping, and, and every uh, pound you're overweight, it's another 10 more miles. Some of us are pumping blood around the world. Say amen. Well, we're enjoying it. Say amen. I've never enjoyed eating so much in my life. When I got that COVID, I said, Lord, please spare me from losing my taste. Because you know I get ill when I can't taste. And he did. Thank, thank you for your prayers. I had a very light case. About suffocated, but I had a great light, a light case. I could keep on eating. Woo! Gonna enjoy life. Somebody say amen. Look at verse three. Then Herod, oh, I'm in Matthew. Then th verse three, and he said to me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom will I whom will I be glorified? Look at verse five, verse four. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught. And in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the what? Say it, class. Womb. To be his servant. I've never noticed these verses before. I'm thrilled to death. Look at this. To bring Jacob again to him 
Though Israel be not gathered yet, shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. My God shall be my strength. I'm gonna tell you something, big boy. You can't make it without God. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. You can't wake up and take credit for the good night's sleep you had. And you can't wake up and say, I got one more heartbeat because I put it in there. God planted that heartbeat in your heart. God gave you breath. God gave you an intellect. God gave you a soul. God gave you a spirit. And God gave you a body to glorify his precious name. Stop using it for yourself. Life begins at conception, according to Isaiah. But let's move on. We could go to Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. Jeremiah was ordained in the womb, but I want you to go to somebody you really know good. Luke chapter one, verse 41. Luke chapter one, verse 41. I'm so glad I could be here today. So glad God gave me my health back. So glad I can preach one more message. I might die of a heart attack this week because of overeating. But I just thank God he's got me through this. And I hope you appreciate life. Verse 41, Luke chapter 1, you with me? Get your Bible. You don't have a Bible, look for one in the pew. Or did we take those off and spray them with Lysol? Where where are they? Amen, y'all got a Bible, get it. Look at your Bible. Hey, check me out. Everything I say is from the Word of God. If it's if it's not the Word of God, it's not listening. It's not worth listening to. It's not the Word of Wayne. It's the Word of God. Look at verse forty-one. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her what womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and so was John. God does not fill fish eggs. God does not fill protoplasm. God does not fill a glob of cells. God fills, as he did Jeremiah, people. People. Folks, I want you to know that God only fills people. Look at verse 44, please. Luke chapter 1, real quick. For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, The babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now, Elizabeth's testifying. She's saying, as soon as I got close to Mary, who was carrying Jesus, he leaped. But how did he leap? For joy. I've seen pictures of little babies in the wombs with their hands up in the air. I've seen people, I've seen pictures of a baby in the womb uh, smiling. And I've seen Babies, I've seen pictures of babies in a womb sucking their thumb. How about that? I've seen pictures of babies in a womb that were bald-headed. And some of us are still that way, amen? Folks, listen, life begins at conception. I don't think half of Georgia knew that. Or maybe they just didn't care because they wanted to pad their little pocketbooks. Well, they ought to go to Venezuela and see how much they're going to get padded. I shouldn't have said that, and I don't apologize for it, though. Folks, God help us to vote and live biblically. Amen. I'm going to do something dangerous. I'm going to change pages. 
October 5th. We'll read you a dowry. Today my life began. My parents don't know it yet. I'm as small as the seed of an apple. But it is me already. Already, I am to be a girl. I shall have blonde hair and blue eyes. Just about everything is settled, even the fact that I shall love flowers. October 19th. Some say that I'm not a real person yet, that only my mother exists. But I'm a real person, just as my small, just as a small crumb of bread is yet tr- is is yet truly bread. My mother is, and I am. October 23rd. My mouth is just beginning to open now. Just think, in a year or so, I shall be laughing and later talking. I know what my first words will be. Mama. October 25th. My heart began to beat today, all by itself. From now on, it shall gently beat for the rest of my life without ever stopping to rest. And after many years, it will tire, it will stop, and then shall I die. November 2nd, I am growing a bit every day. My arms and legs are beginning to take shape, but I have to wait a long time yet before these little legs will raise me to my father's arms. Before my arms will I be, will be able to gather flowers and embrace my mother. October 12th, tiny fingers are beginning to form in my hands. Funny how sh- small they are. I'll be able to stroke my mother's hair with them. November 20th. It wasn't until today that the doctor told Mom that I am living here under her heart. Oh, how happy she must be. Are you happy, Mama? November 25th. My mom and dad are probably thinking about a name for me, but they don't know what I am, that I am a little girl. I want to be called Katie. I'm getting so big already. December 10th. My hair is growing. It's smooth and bright and shiny. I wonder what kind of hair my mother has. December 13th, I am just about able to see it is dark around me. When mom brings me into the world, it will be full of sunshine and flowers. What I want more than anything else is to see my mommy. December 24th, Christmas Eve. I wonder if mom hears the whispers of my heart. Some babies come to the world a little sick, but my heart is strong and healthy. It beats so evenly. Oh, mom, you'll have a healthy little daughter. December 28th. Today, my mother killed me. Now, some of you don't like this because you have made the worst mistake you can make, and that's you've had an abortion. And I used to be real skittish about this, but I'm preaching for the life and the future of babies that are going to be born. And there is forgiveness after abortion. So I'm not trying to push anybody down. I'm not trying to bring back memories. But I want to tell you something, folks. The only way that you can get right with God is admit you've sinned and ask forgiveness, and God will forgive. Aren't you glad God is a forgiving God? I'm trying to be merciful here. I'm trying to be kind, but at the same time, I'm preaching the Word of God 
says that life begins at conception. And I don't care about 52 years, but I want to tell you this. The Supreme Court that allowed abortion let that little boy, or was it a girl? A girl? It was that little girl live, and she's now 52 years old. She was adopted. Thank God for adoption. Amen. My daughter just had that privilege. Little Carson, nine years old. Quite a basketball player. But more important than that, he loves church and loves God. And he's in a church where he ain't got a hope not to be a missionary. He will be a missionary. He might have to recant, but he will be a missionary. And let me just say this. That life did not begin when you just see a baby. Life begins when there's a brain wave. They say that with all the modern technology that we have, Brother Randy, that they can keep people alive for a long time, but they're really dead if there's no brain waves. So does it not equate that when there's brain waves in the womb, that there's life? When there's a heartbeat, there's life? Let's be, hey, let's be consistent, doctors. Let's just be consistent. If you say it's death when the, when the heartbeat stops and there's death when the brain waves stop, well, when the brain waves start and the heartbeat starts, there's life. And I believe it's at conception. Turn to Psalms 139. I know this ain't pleasurable. This is not even an easy message to preach. I'd rather preach on marriage so Ethan get all charged up about it. But I got to preach on this. Because I believe that more preachers need to preach on this. And maybe that's the reason why we're getting so many stinking uh, baby killers in politics today. Because preachers hadn't preached like they should. And believers hadn't voted like they should. Don't get me all started on that. I'll get really riled up. Run the rest of you off. And I don't want to do that. Look at Psalms 139. I want to show you some miraculous verses. I want to show you. I want to just want to show you. Oh, I just want to show you what God says about life. Matter of fact, in verses 1 through 12, he starts talking about himself, how omnipotent he is and how all-knowing he is and how all-powerful he is. Thank, thank God he knows what you're thinking right now. Some of you just changed your thoughts. But I want to go on down to verse 13. Let's go to 12, verse 139. Are you there? Say amen. It says in verse 12, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's what? Has covered me, not it, me. Look at this. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Now look at the next verse, it's powerful, it's powerful. My substance, that's where we get the word embryo. Literally the word substance means in the Hebrew, frames of bones. My substance was not hid from thee. God saw you in the womb. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance. Yet being imperfect. It means you wasn't fully developed. You was just a baby. 
maybe a little small baby. And in and 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 were written, which is in continuance with were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Folks, listen, the word substance means frames of bones in the Hebrew. It's a skeleton with external covering of ligaments and tendons and upscales. It's arteries and nerves and skin. Let me just say this. I must preach this because God's laid on my heart. If you don't like it, I understand. But you need to line up with the Word of God. In the Hebrew, it's glokim. It means embryonic stage of development. It's part of the anatomy that's unfolded or undeveloped. And folks, there's brain waves. The humanists define life according to their convenience. And humanists define life according to their career. And so folks, let me just conclude this first point with saying every breath is an individual blessing from God. Turn to Acts chapter 17. And I'll close this part of the message. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. I wish I didn't have to preach on this. We live in a country that's gone anti-Bible and anti-Christ. And could I say this? Anti-life. I'm pro-life. How about you? I'm pro-life because God has given me life. And I want to be pro-God because he, are, he is the creator. Acts 17, verse 24. Paul's rebuking them, worshiping the God at Mars Hill, the unknown God. He says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Don't make idols, he said. But look at verse 25, powerful. Neither is worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things. <clears throat> Can somebody say amen? The Bible says that God gives you every breath. Now my question is this. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Number two, Brother Cody. All people are made in God's image. Folks, there ought to be a dignity of life. I didn't say all dogs were made in God's image. They don't have a soul. I love my dog, but I know he's not going to be in heaven. If he did, I'd have a whole lot of dogs because I've had a lot of dogs die on me. I must, I must start feeding them more than once a week. I, mean, I, must, I, gotta, do, I gotta start doing that. Cats ain't going to heaven. Some of y'all say, oh, I ain't going to heaven. My kitty cat don't go. Well, they don't have a soul. They can't reject Jesus. But I want to tell you something. God, the pinnacle of his creation was you and I, every little baby. Come on. And he put in that little baby a heart for God. He put in that little baby a desire for God. And folks, he, the, but what happened was sin ruined it all. And we inherited an Adamic nature. And sin separates us from God. And when sin is dominant in our life and we're lost, we live for our little old self all the time. And we're, on, we're our own God. Let me say that's why we can pervert God's 
definition of life, definition of woman and man, marriage, and even sex. Folks, just because you want to be a girl, if you're a boy, you need to be a boy. <clears throat> Come on. You don't remake yourself. That is the height of heresy and ungodliness, that you would remake your body to be another person, the uh, uh, opposite sex, and then to marry men marrying men and women bearing women. I can't believe it's happening in the United States of America. And I can't believe we elected a vice president that endorses it. Don't you look at me that way. I'm preaching now. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. I'm a little disturbed. And I'll preach against sin if I want to. But I love the sinner. Because all you need to do is get saved and you'll get a whole proper perspective of life. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Don't excuse me for being blunt because there's a lot of babies and a lot of wombs that's going to come through this place. Well, thank God there's one more preacher that believes and one more congregation that believes where life begins. We're going to protect them the best we can. Genesis 1, 26. I'm in 26. Just a second. So burdened this morning for our country. So burdened for our church. So burdened for people they are losing and leaving God out of their life. What an insult that you would live and draw His breath for yourself and not for God. What an insult that God give you strength and health to go to a job and then you don't even come to church. And I want to tell you something, friend. This place is safer than your job and this place is safer than Walmart. We make it so. I'm not saying we're exempt from anything. I'm just saying this, friend. You ought to get yourself in the house of God out of worship and appreciation for every breath, for every prayer answer. Come on. Come on. I'm saying, friend, it is our reasonable service to worship with what we got. Now, I know you can worship at home. And I know you can worship on the internet, but there's something about meeting together to exhort one another. Say amen. What a blessing. And I hope that we don't have to get scattered out till Jesus comes. But thank God this is better than nothing. Amen. I appreciate you being here. Look at Genesis 1.26 and I'll try to close. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now who's us? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's only us that's around at creation. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. See, fish don't go to heaven either. Fish goes to the frying pan. Say amen. I don't know why people mount them on the wall. I think it's pride. I got two in my office. Jason and I caught two seven and a half pounders on the same day, so I've I felt like we ought to stuff them, put them on the wall, brag about it. Now, now they're just collecting dust, just like all the other trophies when I was such a great athlete. But fish don't go to heaven. I mean, I'm sorry to pop your little bubble. Puffy or woofy, they're not going to heaven. They don't have a soul. 
But I want to tell you something, every baby in the womb is going to heaven or hell. There's a lot of babies in heaven. Over 60 million. It says this, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over the earth and over the ever creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You ought to have dominion over the creeps. <laughs> Look at verse 25, 7. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, him, he, him, male and female created he, them. God made you a woman. God made you a man. You ought to stay that way. <laughs> I'm glad I'm married to a woman. I can't imagine being married to somebody as ugly as me and act like me. What a dismal life that would be, praise God. And I wouldn't have had four children either. Come on. God just knows how to, he's got the whole plan, amen. The Bible says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Woo! It's wonderful, isn't it, to have a family. It's wonderful to have a life. It's wonderful to have a marriage. Now let me just say this, Genesis chapter 9, verse 3, does not outlaw hunting. Look at it, Genesis 9, 3. It says we can kill part of something that's alive. 9, 3, the Bible says this, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as green herbs have I given you all things. Amen. Now I don't get a kick out of going to shoot Bambi but a lot of people do. I cannot hunt because I can't stay still long enough in a tree house or a tree stand. Say amen. Some of y'all can. God bless you. Have at it. I, the only hunting I have is when I go play golf, I start hunting for golf balls in the woods. Amen. But I want to tell you this. The Bible endorses it about eating. It's all right to eat some cattle, you vegans or whatever you are. Amen. <laughs> I'll preach against everything that moves this morning. Uh, it's all right to have a steak. Hey, it's all right to eat a chicken. Hey, this is sort of funny. Miss Pam, you'll enjoy this. My mother had a pet chicken. And I want to tell you something. Her whole life, she never ate chicken. Thank God somehow I escaped that. And I started eating chicken and decided I was going to be a Baptist preacher. <laughs> woo Amen. But she wouldn't eat one chicken. She wouldn't eat a chicken leg. She wouldn't go to KFC because they killed her little pet chicken. Come on. All humans who have been have inherited a sacred attribute, a soul. And God can come into your soul and your spirit and control your body and possess you to love, and possess you to glorify God. And folks, you're created in his image, male and female. Matter of fact, a good couple, I want to say this to the couples getting married this morning, a marriage is to mirror his image. Male and female becoming one pictures God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Marriage is not about you. Spiritual oneness is about him. 
male and female. Male and female. You ought to be so close to your wife that y'all act alike. God forbid that our wives would act like us. <laughs> but you ought to have be spiritual one. Why? Because it mirrors the Trinity. It's not about you. It's not about you. Marriage is not for you. It's for him. Model his love. Christ said, husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church. But I want to tell you where it starts. Turn to 1 Peter 3, 7, and I'll close for right now and start a wedding. The Bible says in, uh, oh, by the way, Genesis 9, 6. Don't leave Genesis yet. Go to Genesis 9, 6. I'm going to hit something else controversial. I'm going to hit capital punishment this morning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tell me you don't like that either. Look at Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whosoever, no, whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. Did you hear that, Andrew? It said if you shed innocent blood, then somebody ought to shed your blood. You said the Bible says that? I didn't say that. The Bible says that. But you know why? Because man is created in his image. You're not some deer. You're not some squirrel. What else do you eat? You're not some geese or goose. You're a human. You're created in his image. And folks, listen. Somebody comes up and shoots you, then they ought to lose their life, according to the Bible. Woo, it's getting quiet in here. Can I have an Amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. If that happened, they wouldn't shoot nobody else. Come on, say amen. What we do, we put them in the Holiday Inn, pat them on the back, and say, God bless you. Hope you get better. <sighs> Folks, the only reason this verse is in here is because he's trying to say that your life is better than an animal. Your life is better than some humanistic, lustful creature that wants everything for themselves. God created you to give. God created you to live for his glory and to love like he loves. We'll bring this all together before y'all never come back again. Humanity was created, number three, in God's image, but sin corrupted that and separated us. May I close, and I'll preach on this tonight. And I've tried to make it clear abortion sin. Euthanasia is sin. What if we just said everybody over 80, we're going to shoot you because you're in the way. <laughs> and I won't, I'll be there pretty soon. Ten years. All you handicapped people, we're just going to shoot you. We'll get you out of the way. That's what Hitler did. All forms of evil against humanity is not sanctity of life. Violence. Hey, child abuse. Wife abuse. I've heard of husband abuse. God bless you, little wimps, if you've got your wife abusing you. Come on. Man up. At least outrun her. <laughs> Woo! I'm having a good time. I don't know if you are or not, but praise God. 
You know what Atlanta is known for? Human trafficking. You think you think the politics are wicked down there? There's some wicked people that you cannot let your children out of their yard because they'll ship them overseas and make them sex objects. That is not sanctity of life. Those little children have a right to be protected. And those little children have a right to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to come to Sunday school, Daddy. Come on. You have a child and you don't bring him to Sunday school, you do not believe in the sanctity of life. Because that little life ought to be developed. And that little life ought to be introduced to the love of God at a very young age. Amen? Aren't you glad you were saved when you was a young age? An 11 and a half year old son of a drunk had nothing to offer anybody. And Mr. Lawrence showed me from the, from the word of God that I was somebody and that I could be somebody and that I, couldn't, I just couldn't go around stuttering and making excuses that my daddy was a drunk. And thank God he showed me that I could be somebody, but not somebody that get accolades and be elected to office or be the President of the United States, but to be a servant of God, the highest calling on this earth, a child of God. And folks, the sanctity of life means no suicide. That's self-murder. And there's been a lot of people commit suicide during this pandemic. Little Lana sat there with tears and tripping down her face because her best friend, 12 years old, comes over her house and Miss Corley led her to the Lord several months ago. Her mama committed suicide Wednesday morning. And the little girl comes over to Kevin's house and tells Lana, my mother's dead. That ought not be. Somebody ought to encourage her. Somebody should have tried to show her from the Word of God. And folks, oppression, abuse, violence, euthanasia, abortion, suicide are all violations of sanctity of life. It's not just black lives matter. It's all lives matter. Every creation why do you think that my daughter and son-in-law are over there risking their freedom to have camp this week, an underground church, and see 40 to 50 kids saved this week at Camp Rhino because their little lives matter. Their soul matters. Why in the world would Mark and Julie and Miss Brunella send their kids over to seas and see them once a year because lives matter, because souls matter. And boys and girls and men and ladies without Jesus Christ are going to hell. And not only they're going to hell, they're missing the purpose of life. Turn to one more verse. Isaiah 43, 7. And I'll close. My time's up. I was gonna I was gonna close before twelve. Didn't happen. But how do you preach on life in thirty minutes?
You say, preacher, you've been preaching 45 minutes. Thank you for timing me. Look at verse 7. It says this. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed to him in the womb, yea, I have made him. Why? Why are you alive today, sir? Why do you have a brainwave, sir? You say, I got about a half one, okay? Why do you have a half a brainwave? What your wife says. Ladies, why did you have that child? Why did God spare you in childbirth? Hey, why are you married? Why do you breathe in God's air today? Why? Because it's his goods and it's his country. And praise God, it's his talent and it's his life. And if you keep it to yourself, you'll be called an unprofitable servant, weeping and gnashing in the fires of hell because you kept your little life to yourself. When you should have gave your life as soon as you became aware you was a sinner and said, Lord, I'm yours. You're my Savior. You're my Creator. You're my Sustainer. Here I am. So not only has God called you to be saved for His glory, I'll preach on this tonight. God's called you to be sanctified for His glory. You know what the word sanctified, Brother Howard, means? Set aside for his purpose. Father, thank you for the message. Lord, it hadn't been an easy one to preach, and I hadn't finished it yet. Thank God for Sunday night. Lord Jesus, I preached what you laid on my heart without apology and without a platform. God, my only platform is that you might receive the glory from the next breath we take. God, my platform is this, that we, you might receive the glory from the next heartbeat that happens in our soul. And God, that you might get the glory for somebody letting some baby live in the United States of America, one nation under God that should pursue liberty and life. God, forgive us for going against the pursuit of life and pursuing our own selfish endeavors as a nation. God, have mercy. And God, help we Christians believe the book, be led by the Spirit, and train up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord for one reason, your glory. With every head bowed, every eye closed. A very straightforward message. But it's about time that the pulpits of America cry aloud. Life is a sacred trust. Amen. Every heartbeat is a sacred trust. And I pray to God, Brother Randy, that the Lord doesn't pass over America bring judgment, further judgment. I believe this pandemic is a judgment for the whole world. It's turned their face and 
waved their fist at God saying, I don't even believe in you. But how many say, Preacher, this morning I'm glad that God gave me life and that my mama and my daddy let me live. And by the grace of God, I want to draw my breath today and I want to draw my heartbeat today I want to take a deep breath and say praise God and I want to yield more of my life, more of my body, more of my spirit, more of my soul to God. I want to give back what is His. I want you to pray for me that I do just that. Just slip your hands high for prayer. That you give all your life. I mean every bit of it. All over this place. Amen. I mean glad you saved. Say amen. I mean say preacher I, I really am saved. Trust the Lord as my Savior, and if I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. And I trusted the Lord as my personal Savior, because I believed in the death, burial, and resurrection. And if I were to die, I'd go to heaven, the ultimate state of life. Heaven. And I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up as a testimony of that all over this place? How many glad you're saved? Say amen. Several could not raise your hand. You say, preacher, I don't like being put on the spot. I'm sorry, the Word of God does it, not me. Fork of the road. She said, Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand. I'm saved. So really, I'm robbing God of what he's entrusted me with. I'm taking the one talent and hiding in the sand. I'm not investing my life, and, and I'm sorry. I want to do something about it. I don't want to trust the Lord as my Savior, and I want you to pray for me. I want to give the one life that God's given me back to him, because I believe it came from God. And you'd say, Preacher, I'm lost, but I'd like to be saved you slip your hand up for prayer I will not come to you not embarrass you I want to do the most I could possibly do for you I want to pray for you be the greatest miracle in your life you got saved today you need to be born twice you need to be born again anybody say preacher pray for me I'm, lo I'm lost but I'd like to be saved anyone real quick think about you think about your soul and your destiny anyone all right all hearts clear I mean, say again, preacher, I want to sanctify more of my life. I want to set aside my life for God's glory in these last days. Anybody? Just slip your hand up for prayer. Yes, 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 yes. It's not your breath. It's not your job. It's not your, it's not your company. It's not your good looks, young man. It's not your heartbeat. It's God's. It's God's. Father, thank you for the message. I pray it's been a message not a political platform some people probably got offended left I can't help it I gotta preach what you preach told me to preach God I pray I preached in love I preached it with conviction dear Lord you're the author and finisher of our life and God you're an investor that's coming back to find out what we're doing with it so Lord help us to yield more of our life to thee in Jesus name we pray Amen.